What is the difference between being punk and being a punk? We are here to talk some punk rock, some music comics. Punk culture, DIY shit, anything we want to talk about. That's that's what fascinates me. Give me everything. Absolutely everything. I find that, that music and comics have always been intertwined. Muxbound. Chicks okay. dig it. Don't worry. <laughs> Hey, welcome to another edition of Muck Spout. Howdy, everybody. Super Drag Record, or Super Drag Merch Company. Um, <laughs> makers of amazing t-shirts, um, custom hats, keychains, stickers, most of John's wardrobe. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Give or take. Actually, this I think the Dolly Rods do all their own stuff, but still. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and uh, today we have with us Brandon from Apollo city comics welcome hello thank you for having me on guys i'm super excited to and by the way that was the coolest intro i've ever seen <laughs> i do video production for a living so <laughs> oh dude yeah we'll talk maybe after the show we'll see okay. but yeah that was some cool stuff that was i just it started and i was like whoa so hi <laughs> thank you. well thank Derek you. makes everything look beautiful so <laughs> i try i have a graphic design background so i gotta <laughs> i can't be uh can't be looking jank right <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so like, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, John sent me a link and said, hey, check this out. And there was the Apollo City Comics punk anthology. And it was partly like, holy shit, we were looking to do something like this. And then partly like, holy shit, I got to back this real quick. Like, yeah, because with the with the look looking like the uh, the cover that looked like the rancid cover. Yeah, that's Eric's right up our alley. Yeah, Eric's a big rancid guy, so yeah, I my, like, uh, well, shit, that's right up his there. alley. So that's yeah, sick. that's awesome. Yeah, huge <laughs> rancid fan. Um, that cover, uh, Nicholas Freshen, um, he's from Canada. He actually illustrated my story in the punk anthology. Oh, cool. uh, for it's kind of a prequel for a series called Teenage Babylon that I'm working oh, nice. on right now. And what he did with that cover that's so cool and unique is that not only did he like reshape it instead of like the hands down, you know, the, the rancid and outcome, the wolves cover, but he's holding a comic and on the floor, all those little comics you see are from stories inside of the anthology. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So he kind of incorporated everyone's work into that cover. It's a very, very special and, you know, well thought out thing he did. Cool. I'll have to go back and take a closer look at that. That's, I love little inside things like that. So yeah. Uh, Rancid was one of my beginning favorite bands ever playing bass as a punk kid. And uh, it nice. was just him choosing that without us even having a discussion about it. It was like, oh, right. <laughs> that's it, was good, yeah. it was good use of that design, too. Yeah, perfect. I liked that. Um, tell us about the podcast, I guess, first. That's kind of where things start out for you guys, right? Yeah. So I have been running the show called Apollo City Comics for the last four years, four and a half years almost. Um, and basically it was just a way for me to, when I was in school studying, trying to break into comics, trying to figure stuff out. I used to intern for comic book websites and try to break into comics that way. And when that kind of got all like, you know, jumbled up and, you know, stuff was hard to pick up. I just made my own show and it's all about just 
we you know study the craft of comics we do overviews of books we do movie commentaries um and then we started doing a lot of indie creator interviews just to kind of give a boost to like indie creators and i i at first i wanted to go for like the tom kings and stuff like that the scott snyders and donnie cates and interview them because i used to do interviewing with my old internships um i discovered that like the indie community was like the stepping stone and like if i was really gonna learn how to like break into comics i should be interviewing the indie people and that would be my way hopefully through it and somehow through all that we met mark from lesser known comics and developed a friendship and a kind of a partnership at this point and uh through that we've kind of become my mentor in a big sense i mean, it's going to be kind of annoying saying so much nice things about me and mark if you guys have heard <laughs> it off the air um but yeah mark is just like a wonderful dude that really gave us some good ideas and uh when i was pitching to him a book called teenage babylon um he was like make a punk anthology out of it because it's a punk themed book and you know through the podcast all that kind of came together just four and a half years of just non-stop episodes rotation i had a, a my first co-host and then we brought brandon on and it's brandon and brandon basically and now we have a new co-host with us named alex that's joining our crew and it's just been expanding and growing in ways that i've never thought possible and just you know it's just an indie little kind of a punk rock diy we're, we're not doing what's trending we're not you know it's rare that we kind of do all the marvel stuff it's rare that we do all the dc stuff yeah um that's like in the air right now you know we're not covering suicide squad comics or you know yeah. things like that we're just kind of right now we're doing a miracle man like overview and nobody gives a fuck about it i don't know if i could cuss on the show but uh if you couldn't oh there you go yeah perfect and it's like one of those things like you know we just kind of want to do what we enjoy and what we love because if you do what's trending all the time you're going to burn out if you do what's you know everyone's talking about it already you know um right. And so we just kind of do our own spin. So somehow it's evolved and a lot of people have kind of caught on to that. And, you know, podcasts like Cartoonist Cafe were huge influences on us. And it's it's weird. It's, it trips me out, like having a following and a good growth with the show and now producing books and comics for the first time. Yeah, that's cool. So you how how did the how did you step from podcasting to actually creating a book like we're. So with that, you know, the whole goal, luckily, you know, Brandon and I are very similar people. Um, my co-host and I, uh, we both grew up playing music. We both, you know, grew up from punk bands and metal bands and um, loving, you know, Blink-22 and Star Wars and stuff like that. And we actually were both writers. We we're musicians that turned into writers over a few years, you know, just kind of music's hard to break into and almost impossible at this point, you know. And so you know, our whole goal was to try to network and to try to find creators to either, you know, meet to work with or, you know, find someone us find someone in like the crowd to kind of like, hey, we can help you draw a book or connect you with an artist. So that was the whole point of just the show is just how can we break into comics this way? And, you know, the show seems like such the, you know, the highlight of everything all the time. But really, the highlight for us is using that to like make comics. And, you know, it's taken four and a half years, but dude, we were finally doing it after all this time with all the, the hard work we put into it. And with Teenage Babylon, when I was, I, I finally found an artist, Nicholas, uh, and he wanted to do the short story. And so I was showing it to Mark um, from Lesser Known, and he was like, you know what, if you want to build a base, you know, your Teenage Babylon is a, like a cosmic punk rock love story. And he's like, if you want to kind of build a marketing thing, and this is no secret, I hope people like take from that, you know, and kind of build upon it too. But like, 
he's like, put out an anthology first, an anthology that's themed to your book in a sense, you know, your book has a punk rock feel to it. Maybe do a punk rock anthology. And that way you build a base and you're not starting from zero with a crowdfunding and a Kickstarter. And that way the people who, you know, read your anthology, like the punk rock stuff, they're going to see your book come after, come out after that. And they'll be even more interested because like, Hey, this is from the anthology and it has this punk rock feel to it. I like punk rock comics. Let me check this out. And so now because of that, it's like turned into an uproar and we're kind of working on doing maybe even like a little imprint with lesser known comics um, with Apollo city where we're going to have a few series. Like I have teenage Babylon in the works, a series called fake your death in the works and a series called kids of yesterday in the works right now. And so hopefully all those, you know, kind of fruition and come true, you know, it's what yeah. comics are one of those things until it's in your hands, it's just an idea. So all those are in progress right now. And Brandon has some cool stuff up his sleeve that he's trying to get off the ground too. So um, it's weird. <laughs> like I said, it just trips me out how it all just intertwines into one another. That's great. I actually went, I'm going the opposite direction right now. I started out with a book and a single book and now I want to make an anthology so that I can continue it in parts because I'm. Ooh. it's a lot of fucking work to put together a big book again. <laughs> I'm discovering it is. <laughs> That's been a big lesson in this whole. I ended thing. up being a 211 page book. So I'm, I'm now I'm like, I just want to do some 10 page stories about these guys for a while. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of doing the same with the series of uh, fake your death right now, starting off smaller teenage Babylon is going to have, you know, kind of single stories before we do into something big, but we all kind of have some small goals like that. Um, it's also so weird. Like, I want to ask you more about your book because I'm so used to being like the host of a show. And I just want to like turn the conversation around. It's like really awkward. Like, oh, now I got to embellish and talk about stuff. Um, but yeah, actually tell me about your book. Can you, can I know about that? Can you <laughs> yeah, this, and this podcast is very conversational. We try yeah, to we shoot the shit. It's very loose format. So if you have questions, feel free to yeah, shoot them back at us. So be natural instinct for me just as a, yeah, absolutely. A, in the chair. Um, here's the cover for it. Um, blister it's uh it's about some punk rock kids growing up in the 90s um just kind of a, a slice of life book um it's it's eight stories in it that kind of over they have like an overarching like story you could pick up you could originally i put out two books um as just single issues and they they it kind of all bridges together but they're single stories like when you pick them up like you could pick up any of the eight chapters and be just fine like um, so I ended up putting it together as a 211 page book cause I was just tired of putting it out, piecemealing it, you know? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's blister. And then I have a bunch of merch and stuff that I've done since I did that a couple of years ago now. That's cool. Um, Maybe you could send that to punk anthology pretty soon and get that, you know, just spread the word a little bit about it in an upcoming volume we could talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's, that'd be cool. I'd be into it. Um, I, you know, actually, like a fun fact about this anthology, I think you guys would really dig because you guys are into punk rock. But do you know the band Lagwagon? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, and yeah. Joey Cape yeah. has that yeah. band, Bad Astronaut. Yeah. So we have a story, Mark Bernal um, and Karen, they have a book called Death Wish. It's on the Lesser Known Comics catalog. And one of the main characters in it, and he actually has a special short story in this anthology. Um, but his logo, his icon, we got special permission, um, the one that's on this helmet, uh, we got permission to use the bad astronaut logo. Oh, cool. Joey awesome. gave us like written permission to use it, so we're gonna try to get a copy in Joey Cape's hands yeah. and him, like promote that just a little bit because that's just like a a total win. You know what I mean? Yeah, just to yeah, put that yeah. stamp on there. Yeah, I saw, I saw him on an acoustic show a few years ago, or right before COVID, I guess. Um, it was amazing. 
It was like, it was a small, it was like a room, like twice the size of the room I'm in right now. Like it wasn't very big. Like it was just a great experience, but yeah, he's awesome. What a, what a good dude. Yeah. He's such his voice. He's just one of my favorite punk vocalists ever. Honestly, best for me. <laughs> Amazing. So, so your show, um, how, how, so your partner on your show, you, you guys grew up with similar experiences. How long have you known him? Like when did, how did you guys get together? Mm -hmm. We actually met at San Diego Comic-Con in 2019 because we were both standing in line to get Todd McFarlane's uh, autograph for about three hours. Um, yeah. And during those three hours, you just start becoming friends with people around you at a certain yeah. point. And it was one of those things where, you know, we started kind of talking and uh, establishing, like, hey, you got a Star Wars tattoo. And then we just, the whole Bleak Way 2 thing. And then we realized we're both musicians, both writers and all this type of stuff, um, Brandon and Brandon. But he lives in San Francisco. I'm from El Paso, Texas. And it was one of those things where we were just like, hey dude like you know info and we became friends over a couple of months and around covid during that whole time when all of us were just like adjusting to that new life change you know what i mean and you know all of our habits started changing all the people we kind of like talk to you all the day they kind of changed um my old co-host david um stepped aside and we brought brandon in just to see how he would fill in for a few episodes you know and from there it just like skyrocketed and him and i have just been hard at it for the past few years and just that whole Zoom communication, not having to go to someone's house to record a podcast yeah. and the way we do stuff now, it's just like yeah. it worked out perfectly. And, you know, and that's how we got Alex. Alex lives in Fort Worth, Texas. I now live in Winchester, Virginia, which is right outside of D.C., um, which also kind of felt very appropriate for the whole like punk rock anthology, too. Like knowing what like yeah. all the bands that came out from D.C. and stuff like that. And then this yeah. was happening. really interesting thing um but yeah he's a he's a vital part and he's i don't think i could do the show without like my co-host you know um yeah. i don't know if i'm a standalone type of guy um to be doing stuff like comic book overviews and providing insight and information on that yeah the internet like this, all this sort of thing has been amazing for us like because john's on the other side of the world over and <laughs> i'm in western massachusetts yeah, yeah, he's side. in chicago our other yeah, co-host is from Toronto. So yeah. yeah, it's like it's definitely intriguing to try to line some of this stuff up. And I, as you know, I'm sure from trying to line different guests up, if you have multiple guests, we had uh the guys from Geezer the Comic Con, and we had one guy was in California and the other guys in England. So we're trying to get all the time zones to match up so that we can actually interview these people. Like by the time we're done, was after, it was like two in the morning or whatever, like for him. Like, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, Geezer, uh, that's uh Shelly Bond's husband. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Funny enough that that's even what you guys just did because Shelly Bond's filth and grammar class is how I met. Um, Nicholas, the guy who did the cover. Yeah, cool. yep. And we kind of just were kind of like doing that Instagram flirting, like, hey, man, it'd be cool to do a book together and maybe we could promote it, you know, blah, 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 yep. and like that. And if it wasn't for Shelly Bond doing that filth and grammar class, in fact, her book is somewhere right around me in this box, but that's like what really brought us together. Yep. And, um, and Philip Bond did uh, one of my favorite books, Kill Your Boyfriend with uh, yep. Morrison. Um, and that's just, that's too cool. Uh, I got to check out that episode with you guys. Yeah, yeah, we love, was, love, love those guys. And Geezer is amazing. Yeah, if you haven't read Geezer, highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's so good. And yeah. it's got all those little tidbits of, it's the kind of like you were saying with your cover where, you know, all the different things on the ground had little snippets of the uh, stuff in between. It was the same thing. If you blow up the digital version of any panel, there's no wasted space. It's all like flyers for old bands, 
and like little inside jokes and little stickers for cool bands like Wet Leg and things like that. And it's just awesome to see like how much they can pack into a panel like that. It's amazing. It's so, all the stuff that I'm afraid to do because I don't want to get sued for having some logo <laughs> on my <pocket. laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I cool do like things. I do like generic like punk rock looking posters and stuff in my but yeah. I never like do very much specific. I think I I think I did the the character from Op Ivy on one panel at one point, but like I'm a little careful on what I do like that. So when you go to theirs, it's like every panel might have like 30 copyright infringements in my head, but <laughs> yeah. But I mean I'm sure if you've been I, in the industry I, long enough, that's one of those that would be a whole nerdy separate conversation but it's like it's my background makes me paranoid of that stuff. exactly but <laughs> it's like it's one of those things that makes me crazy thinking about like all right how far off of actual do you have to go to be able to be like all right that's not really like suable necessarily <laughs> <laughs> true. yeah i mean and especially in comics i feel like it's more of a like a flattering thing that it's you know being put on there like the batman poster or something like that than anything else um especially for some of these punk bands um i would love to do more i don't know how we're going to do the next anthology of volumes but there's definitely going to be more volumes and we're thinking about making the main cover for each one like an homage to a punk album you know i would yeah. love a, a clash uh um, oh, yeah. or something from the descendants or something like that like i think that would just be too much fun and but that there is that thing where we when we when i got the cover for this one i was like ah we won't get in trouble for this right like this is a total like even down to the title like we kind of stole everything yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think there's yeah there's certain wording in a lot of it where as long as it's fair homage it's yeah it's it's usually right okay, but yeah and we'll be the first ones to admit for all of it. Like this is a total like rancid like salute, you know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, one of it's it all kind of ties together too because like one of my most influential like punk rock things that made me be like I want to play music, I want to go out there and make art was that uh, give them the boot DVD that came out all those years ago, and that's when like Joe Strummer was in it with the Mescaleros and uh, things like that. And I used to watch that like repeatedly as a kid. And seeing like the Roots Radicals like acoustic show and stuff like that, like I just love like like the way it was filmed and you know produced and then introduced me to so many bands as a kid. Yeah. Um, that was just all tied together, and it's all because of bands like Rancid, you know, like. And you still get that too, like the what's that? I can't remember the name of it now. There was a East Bay punk um, documentary that came out a couple years ago, though, and like it's the the vinyl. I think is it's at least two two vinyls but um it's just jam-packed with bands like that played played in the east bay and stuff and like it's i love it it's just yeah from top to bottom it's just great records oh yeah compilations for years have been just like i remember my wife getting me into uh this is boston not la it's just one of the yeah for the old school punk was just fucking amazing and it's just like i'm a little older than everybody else in, on the show so <laughs> i've got a the slightly older taste but still i, like I feel like bit. even with, like the indie comics community that i've been involved with i found i was like one of the younger people in it like i'm not too young i'm, I'm 31 i just turned 31 you know yeah. but uh, a lot of the people I'm, I'm like hanging out with and just like learning from in the industry are like that 35 38 and above and I'm just like, you guys know all the secrets. Like, you are the one I want to be talking to, and listening to, and getting the experience from. Um, and also, like, getting the best references from too. You know what I mean? Because, like, as much as I love punk history, and I always dive into it, I'm always reading books and whatnot. Um, 
I mean, I grew up during the era of like Blink-182 and Green Day. And when it was doing that shift to like pop punk and warp tour, and that's where you were being introduced to bands and everything. So like, you know, finding other fans that like, not a lot of, you know, all my friends like, you know, earlier punk music and whatnot, like The Damned or um, I don't know, just shit like that. And it, it's always great hearing like other references because new punk bands are great, but I love, even when I was like, you know, as a musician growing up, I dive into like classical and I'd always want to go back to the beginnings, just like with comics. I love my Jack Kirby. I love my Steve Ditko. I love my golden age stuff because like, that's where it kind of all originated from. So I love studying that and hearing the evolution of it all. And that's what I love is just hearing everybody's take old and young and just like getting that because some of the stuff like I try to keep up on everything, but there's a lot of older folks that don't hear as much. So I like to have the younger people in the room to be able to know, all right, what am I missing out on? Because I love everything, you know, just yeah. like, show me what you got. I want to hear about all the comics and all the music. And yeah, it's so fun to like when you have somebody else have that same passion as you do regardless of where and when it came from it just it gives you that special little tingle in your cockles that (laughs) makes you feel so good about turning somebody else onto a new band or comic or something like that it's just like especially when you find like a person that you really trust for that information like if john sends me a kickstarter link i click on it and i almost click pledge now before i scroll (laughs) I try not to waste folks' time. I know what you like, so I try to make sure it's pointed exactly what you want. And anytime Ben shares a a link to a band, I I always know it's going to be an interesting one. Like he's turned me on to a number of bands now. Like so, it's it's nice having that still. And that's one of the focuses of um, of our show too is to bring the new bands and people that people haven't heard so much. Like, and then every now and then we will pull in a, a veteran that we have some kind of link to and chat about the old days and maybe, maybe some of that knowledge that they sprinkle down. That should be something we uh, incorporate from now on is have every guest and every host just swap some music ideas and comic Mm -hmm. ideas. It's like, all right, what you got for me? Like, I want to hear something that you like, what do you like? You know, that'd be interesting to, like honestly like if you guys ever have music recommendations or stuff like that i'm always looking forward to that um that was a big reason why we did the playlist for the anthology too um we kind of put together a spotify playlist we're gonna make one for apple and whatnot too to be more flexible for people but uh that was just a way for us to exchange like punk music and bands with one another and also show it with the community as well for some influence um but uh Honestly, if I could just spit out some recommendations, like if I have to like ever recommend a book to someone, um, one that's just like an essential read, you know, for everyone, I think it's Sandman because Sandman is just oh god, like, yeah, fucking, so yeah. good. That I, I have just... one comic book tattoo and it's a Dreams Helm on my arm. Uh, um, but uh, honestly, like that and uh, Shade the Changing Man, not enough people. I feel like that was wonderful that. too. Yeah, that's some mind blowing stuff. And I feel like the more people like learn about Shade and what you know he could do and the drama that was kind of involved in that series, I think a lot of people would enjoy that nowadays. I think all of that old original Vertigo stuff, that mm-hmm. that content was just ridiculous. It was just so much fun. So I yeah. always end up going back to that with those Vertigo days more than anything. Um, and speaking of Shelly Bond, you know what I mean? That's where yeah. a lot of yeah. that influence came yeah. from, you know? um kill your boyfriend was a vertical book and i, I kind of got into comics especially because of grant morrison 
and his whole like rock and roll like punk aesthetic to things and learning about yep. the specs and the invisibles and things like that. Absolutely. Yeah, that, I think it was Grant Morrison, a lot of the UK people like uh Garth Ennis and Warren Ellis and all those people were huge in my formative years for yeah, like that getting into the weird stuff, the fun well, stuff. Warren yeah. did that uh book um coming alone and it was like a whole book of his like I guess TBR articles and at the end of every article he would give like a movie, uh, a music, and a reading um, suggestion. I love it when people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And then I'm there Googling and looking up stuff at the end of every single like chapter I read and then just building cool. a whole playlist of weird stuff. Yeah. I love things like that. Absolutely. Yeah. My big formative comic was Bone, Jeff Smith's work. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was fantastic, too. I got into that really, really late, but like it's just so delightful. Yeah. yeah. I love Jeff Smith. I had okay. uh, so he was at C2E2 this year and I wanted to get something signed by him but it turns out like over the years I've pretty much had everything I own signed by, like I'm not going to bring in like <laughs> phone number 53 or something like you know like all of my like important Jeff Smith stuff is already signed so I, um, I found that I, I hadn't bought one of his trades in hardcover and color so I bought that while I was there just to have him sign it. I was going to say you you cross the line between uh, rock and roll and comics so often you should have just pulled your shirt down, pretended like <laughs> yeah. it was a concert, and right. had him sign your cleavage, and then you could have gotten it tattooed after the fact. So. I don't think that's what that'll be, you know. Like <laughs> I was also trying to keep it a safe experience for my son. <laughs> oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun chance for my son to meet a creator. Those it, it was cool. Actually, he was really nice. Um, we actually ran into him in the hallway the day before I did that. And I had met him a number of times throughout the years. Not like we know each other, but um, so I introduced my son to him and he had a really sweet conversation with my son. And so oh, I, awesome. yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> I love like the best thing about meeting creators, um, especially when I was writing for like websites and just doing interviews like that was just meeting the real humble people and just like the legends that you're just like, you're, you're really like awfully nice. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. favorite of that is um, at C2E2, I don't know, maybe four years ago, um, Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder were doing signings um, together. And they I got in line and it, the line wrapped around the convention center, you know, and uh, there was a time they were going to be at the table. And it was they, we somebody came around and like updated everybody that, you know, um, Scott Snyder got pulled into something and he's running like 40 minutes late. And we had already been sitting there for a while. But um, at that point, Greg Capullo was just sitting there waiting. He wasn't taking autographs at the table. He actually went to the back of the line and he worked himself up through the line from the back, shaking everybody's hands, taking pictures, thanking them for being there, nice. uh, telling him how much he appreciated it. He wasn't signing stuff yet because he had to do that at the table. But he was just making everybody's experience amazing. Like I had this great conversation with him, great handshakes and I took a terrible selfie, but he looked fine in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like, yeah, it was always so sweet. Like I, so awesome. I got to meet them like almost every. I got to go to San Diego Comic Con like four four years in a row. I got oh, real cool. lucky and was able to do that. Actually, I have a really cool San Diego Comic Con announcement that I could tell you guys oh, in a bit too nice. regarding yeah. the book too. Um, but uh, I would bump into Greg and Scott, and Scott started to recognize me year after year. And he was like, "Dude, I've seen you. You you come here. You were here the last two years, right?" And I was like, "Dude, Scott, yes. Like, what the fuck?" <laughs> uh, I think at the time I had a mohawk. For, I had a mohawk for fucking years until like maybe mid COVID or so. Um, but I think that's what like made me recognizable for a bit was just my flat mohawk down and just like getting books. Uh, yeah. 
um yeah those guys are sweethearts some of the best uh them and at, actually at san diego the table i hang out with uh david lloyd hangs out there and that's where david lloyd does all his signing and whatnot so david would just tell us some cool stories while he just gets like drunk on red wine the entire convention just slamming it down and talking about the, you know the british 80 days and it's just one of the funnest things in the world um donny cates is real cool too he's always a sweetheart yeah. if you guys have met him yeah yeah that's awesome um, but oh, and speaking of San Diego, so uh, this year at San Diego Comic Con, um, I was actually invited to do a panel about how music uh, influences comic books. Oh, and that's cool. nice. Us and Gabe Valentine, who did uh, Digital Lizards of Doom, and uh, I, but Mark Renault from Lesser Known Comics should be going down there with us as well. But we'll be talking about music and comics, and we actually just might, um, I think it's a just about locked in but we haven't announced like too much of it but there might be a san diego variant of this book oh, um, cool. at the convention and it'll be like a special cover and a special printing of uh, the book so a lot of cool stuff going on uh this this summer regarding the anthology and everything too cool. yeah, that's awesome so um let's go back to the anthology for a minute Do you, could you walk us through like some little snippets of the different stories that are in there yeah, so actually, let me pull up the list. There's yeah, 14 awesome. stories in it. Um, there is uh, 27 creators in total on this book, which is the mind-blowing part. Um, just so much creative art. And it was one of those things. I opened submissions, and I thought I would get, like, you know, maybe 10, you know, 15 submissions. I was already getting ready to ask some friends, like, hey, can you, uh, can you, would, would you be down or interested to put something out there if, you know, if I make this? And he and actually, I got eighty submissions in. Wow, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's too many. <laughs> it's, it's that's too much work bad. for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it was crazy just sitting there and going through each and every submission, being like, okay, like, what's good about this one? Does it meet the guidelines? And to the point where we had to get really strict on what we were doing in the book, and you know, really just tying down, like, okay, these ones are great. But if we do a volume two, is this too many heavy hitters in volume one? Then that's going to be in volume two to keep the thing rolling. And we just kept on cutting and cutting and cutting. And we wound up with 60 pages uh, with these 14 stories. Um, it opens up with a story called Punk's Not Dead. Um, it's weird. Our, we have two one-page stories. And those two one-page stories have more creators on it than any other uh, uh, two to six really? pages. Yeah, uh, this one has uh, Laura he's, uh, Helsley uh, as the artist, Christian Herrera as the writer, Eros Denardi as the colorist and Tobin, uh, I don't even know how to say Tobin's last name. I'm not going to mess that up too hard, but I'm um, doing letters on it. And I mess up last names so much. And if you listen to Paula City Comics, I'm always messing up names. So I'm sorry for everybody as much as I butcher them. Um, and that's a cool one-page story. We also have David Lujan, who did the book Narita. Um, his, car his Kickstarter uh, just wrapped up. Um, he also does a book called Yuriko, um, which is this really cool, like, sexy vampire um japanese book like it's super rad uh and that's that kickstarter is gonna be going on pretty soon but he does a book called a night at the parlor and that book that story is about this bar he used to work at and just the experiences he used to have there and just like translating that because a big thing about the punk anthology is that i asked everybody on the submission what does punk mean to you and this can be expressed through the art through the story through um like the theme anything you can to express punk rock through your comic 
And that was one of David's ways, just being like, I worked at this freaking wild bar. And it was just like literally the most punk thing you could do is just get to sit around and listen to the people there and check out the atmosphere. And so we opened up with that. Um, you know, once we do Punk's Not Dead, you go into this crazy bar scene and it's like his visceral colors are amazing because he has a very small palette. He only uses about three colors per series that he works on. And so that. he's really intricate on how he does it. In fact, cool little thing to interest you into his book, Yuriko, that's going to kickstart soon, is that the backgrounds, the textures, he gets his thumbprint and just presses on the ink and uses his thumbprint as textured oh, wow. background. Oh, wow. And until yeah. he told me that, I would have <laughs> never fucking known. It's done that well. It's super cool. Um, the next one is by Doug Knight. Doug Knight actually has a Kickstarter going on right now. Um, and if you back his Kickstarter, in fact, just look up Doug Knight or look up lesser known comics. Um, and the book that they're putting out, uh, it's called White Cell. Uh, let me look up the name real fast so I don't destroy it. Um, yeah, Super Wicked White Cell Squadron. Uh, that book, they're trying to get into children's hospitals. So not only are you benefiting a creator, but you're trying to benefit a way to get comics into like, because Doug is one of those dudes who's just such an amazing guy. And because he is legally blind, he um, had cancer oh, wow. when he was a kid. And it messed up his eyes. And, you know, he's gone through a lot of stuff and a lot of like, you know, life trials, you know. Yeah. And here he is, a tattoo artist making badass comics and is one of those guys who's just like, oh, something bad's happening in your life. What are you going to do about it? What's your, how are you going to make it better? You know, someone yeah. that always pushes on. And I respect him so much for that. Um, but he has a short story called Escopolypse now. Um, and yes. it's such a cool, wild, trippy, out of this world. Um, you see the colors, you see his artwork, and it's just the coolest fucking thing in the world. It's almost like punk rock Mad Max um, insanity. And you have this like Scott out horn player in it and some crazy stuff going in on, in on it. And it's a lot of fun. Um, and we have one called uh, Elliot Song, which is a story I wrote. Uh, that's with Nicholas, the cover artist. That What I'm using the anthology for is to kind of like prep up my book teenage babylon so yeah. you kind of learn about this character elliot who's the main character in the book you could read this by itself you could read uh teenage babylon without reading this but it's more of like an insight on the character in his life and that, like the events that led up that shaped him to who he is and you know when you see the punk rock version of him you know uh in teenage babylon you're gonna see oh like oh that's why he's a piece of shit because we just read his whole life story over here so this all kind of adds up yeah. and makes sense um and then we have Banger, which is a cool little punk rock fish story from Jason Cadwell, a little nice one pager. Uh, Death Wish. Um, that one, we actually used the lyrics from the song Unlucky Stuntman from Bad Astronaut. And oh. we kind of applied it to the story as it follows one of the main characters from the series Death Wish. Um, and during all of this, there's a couple snippets inside the anthology where the quotes I got from what punk means to these creators, I asked all of them what it meant. And I put their quotes inside of the book. So you're going to get these cool little like kind of tagged up walls with quotes saying like what punk rock means to them and why it mattered to them in the anthology. Um, that's like the first half of it, to be honest. It's so much. It's so crazy. Uh, this girl, China, she did this really beautiful one pager for us. Max Flowers did a book called Stage Fright. Max Flowers um, actually helped us do the patches for the book too. In fact, I might have one. Oh, one of the patches right here oh nice Wait, yeah let me uh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, this is one of them. Um, we're getting some more scent. I have some more. They're scattered somewhere um, because of the move and everything, or else I'd throw them off. But uh, if you do the patch set, I think it's about 10 bucks. You get like seven or nine patches sent to you, and they're all from creators in the book. There's one from Stage Fright. China did a really cool one. There's a Teenage Babylon one. There's Apollo. There's a new Apollo City Comics one with a new logo on it. Um, all sorts of cool stuff with that patch set. Um, also, one I want to kind of highlight too. Let me see real fast. Uh, not only did Jade Louder do one, um, and that kind of spins off of one of his main series. It's a horror show. Um, but we also had uh, Dylan Kobrister who did a he did a book recently called Metal. I think it's Metalhead Samurai. And that Kickstarter's what did phenomenal. And if you guys haven't checked out Dylan's stuff, I'll send it to you because it's yeah, that'd be cool. Dig it. Um, yeah, I think I backed Metalhead Samurai. Yeah, Metalhead Samurai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's gonna be a great one. He's from Canada. Um, great creator. That dude has some cool stuff coming out soon after that. But uh, there's also one called Belly Writer, and Belly Writer with this dude Davy Lee and Nathaniel. Uh, they actually put a theme song to it too. So they wrote and recorded a fun theme song. You could purchase it for two bucks as an add-on as well. And it's just a fun thing that they had with like, it, it's phenomenal. One of the coolest stories we have in the book that's going to turn to a series too, that they're trying to take off. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And there's a few more, uh, there's like ticket trick, um, ramshackle roots, uh, with Travis and Tanner, their brothers, um, that hiss, uh, Laura actually, who did the art for the first story in it, punk's not dead actually did the art for this one too, but with a different creative team. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's it. It's all 14 stories. So much. <laughs> freaking wild, awesome. dude. Yeah. And we, we try to limit this, the, the book to about 60 pages because we didn't want it to be overwhelming and we didn't want to make it too big to where people would not continue reading after a bit. Um, mm. I grew up as a really big fan of uh, heavy metal because of the movie and I got into the magazine because of that. So this is like my attempt to do like a heavy metal magazine and kind of do what they did, how they might have continuous stories. It might just be one shots, um, but a good blend and variety of art styles of creators. And every story is going to feel fresh. Um, it is one of the most colorful, insane books I've ever seen. Um, and I'm not just saying that to promote it, like, and that, you know, it's the book I put together, but these artists put so much like work into this uh and it just pops so well that i think when you guys get your hands on it you'll just be really really satisfied with a 60 page thick comic book that's filled with just fun punk rock stories yeah everything i saw from the kickstarter page looked fantastic for the yeah. promos art and everything like that and it's it's always fun to see I, I always find it fun to get an anthology just to get a feel for some new writers and artists and it's kind of like it's almost like going through a catalog of like what what cool new people am i going to meet in this issue and what are they you know what stories do they have for me and it's it's so much fun discovering new talent that way it is it's like those music comps, the music compilations exactly like, yeah. it's the exact same feel to it it's, it's like, like give them the boot warp tour compilation from apollo city comics you know what i mean yeah, absolutely and a lot of these creators like you know myself included it's their first time being published in comics um yeah. tanner and travis is their first time and when you see tanner's and travis's work they they have this crazy jukebox robot in their story and it is just the most wild scene ever and then a lot of these creators when you really look at the artistic effort that went into it because crowds are hard to draw 
as so many of these people have told me because I'm not an artist. Um, but there's like a crowd. Verify. Yeah, yeah, honestly, like um, it's one of those things. They almost every single story has like a crowd scene. So you guys know that they spent hours at the drawing table trying to like get this right and get it perfect. Especially at a punk show. Yeah, you want to make sure you got that. Like, you know, do you have the right kid crowd surfing? Do you have, you know, yeah, exactly. Who's jumping off the stage? It's exactly. You want it to be just the mood set right. So, And just the attitude and the energy that comes from punk rock. Um, you could feel it jumping out from each one of these stories. And all, you know how there's punk, how there's just, I don't know, you have rancid, but then you kind of have like, I can't think of any bands off the top of my head, but like really hardcore punk that's like almost on the verge of metal where you're just like, is this okay? This is kind of punk. If you listen to the guitar quality and like stuff like that, Dylan's story, um, it's, uh, I'm spacing it out right now, a uh, big fucking sword. Yeah, the hardcore punk, big fucking sword. It's literally the most metal punk rock story ever because it's this chick with this fucking insane flaming mohawk fighting a dragon and you just can't get more epic than that to be honest like, i was gonna say that sounds like it should be kind of spray painted on the side of a van for a tour <laughs> at that point yeah yeah for exactly. sure um that's and that's you know speaking of tour and all that that's that's funny you said that um because mark and i always talk about like mark was also a musician um before switching over to comics all of us for some reason grew up with like you know music it's just part of our soul and, uh, you know, making comics, I feel like we've all retired from music going into it because it's kind of like going on tour, but not taking the whole band with you. Um, and therefore, like friendships maintain longer and like responsibilities are like easier to like take hold of and everyone works on their stuff on their own time. But it, it's and going to conventions, you know, you all meet up, you have a good time and then you're like, all right, cool, we're going to make good stuff and then do this again. But you don't got to be stuffed in the van for a month and a half to three months, right. you know, for yeah. dude. <laughs> No, absolutely. So you, you talked a bit about um, your the different people in the book all submitted what they think what what punk rock is to them. So what is punk rock to you, Brandon? Because um, you didn't have to answer that to get in the book. No, I didn't. Uh, the, I, I felt like the book was my. I actually asked my artist to do it. I was like, "Hey, you answer this question. I'm gonna pass it over to you." Um, really, and it's cool. I kind of wrote my whole forward with that thought in my head. Yeah. Um, so when you read the forward, it's kind of like a good like explanation behind it. But uh, to kind of like sum up like really what it is, it's it's community. Um, I've really realized over the past year and a half, I went through a lot of like really hard stuff with life, and you know, went really went through some crazy just life lessons over you know twenty twenty two and twenty one and whatnot. And if it wasn't for like the community and the acceptance of the community and that encouragement and that ability to do stuff on my own and that whole DIY aspect and having that support and just no matter what you put out there, no matter if it, how badass or how shitty it might be, you're going to have that love and support and admiration and being able to go somewhere where you feel comfortable, like a convention or a punk show and you just see everyone there and you just feel like, fuck, this is where I belong. This is it. Um, that essence of just like not having to hide who you are at all. Uh, that's really what's punk rock to me, you know, um, yeah. and just fully expressing yourself. I've never been one to like kind of conform to like a like a day job and stuff like that. So he, having all these artists like, you know, we all get off work and then we start our actual job and that's creating stuff, you know, like right. I used to work for a marketing company. I work at a grocery store right now. Like it's one of those things like it doesn't matter how I'm making my day job money. It's it's as long as I get to come home and like make my art and share that with people and see them make art um that's the coolest part you know uh punk rock influenced me a lot as a kid 
it made me a better musician for sure. Um, I got to meet Matt Freeman from Rancid. It's weird bringing up Rancid again. But when my my first time I saw Rancid, I got to meet Matt Freeman and stand next to him when I was like 14 years old. Oh. And he just like said some, I don't remember what he said, but it was super kind and super encouraging as like a 14 year old bassist. And like, I just kind of shot it off from there. And I was like, you know what? Like I can do this. Like I'm seeing these people do it. Seeing them do it made me want to do it. And that's why even with like, we have a segment on Apollo. We haven't kept up to it too much with it the past few months because of everything but um uh, it's called draw and shit it used to be called drink and draw but it's just draw and shit um and you know i wanted to learn how to draw so in like five years i could put out shitty comics so in 10 years i put out like a half shitty comic and just kind of okay. go from there um but i got a lot of messages and we were doing drink and draw really consistently last year that people were like i love seeing you do this because it's inspiring me to draw it's, you know seeing you do it every week and just jumping on and doesn't matter what happens you're making it you know you're putting ink on the page and you're coloring and you're figuring it out and we just love seeing you do that and just hearing that from a couple people was just like that's what it's about like i want to put out comics and do the podcast and do all these things to show people you can do it too and if it's shitty and if it sucks um and the big thing about drawing shit too is that not knowing how to draw i would do it live on youtube with my friend danny and i was also like uh, microdosing at the time but also trying to figure out how to microdose and find the right balance of microdosing at the same time yep. while learning how to draw live on our youtube um so that whole balance between all of that i was like well if i could do it guys like it's just just try it like and i'm, I'm not you know, I, you know what i do encourage microdosing i'm not gonna say i don't encourage microdosing but uh it's like just go out whatever you're trying to do if it's art if it's um fucking anything just fucking put some time aside and put some effort into it and you can make it happen and the only thing that's stopping you is yourself and you'll have that community behind you and backing you the more you do it and the more you like kind of ignore that inner voice that kind of makes us hesitant to express ourselves in a way and i think it's so important for people that have that drive that creative drive whatever it form it takes music or comics or whatever it, it i find that if you have that and you ignore it because you have a 40 hour or, or, you know, of work a week that you are tired, you say, all right, I'm not going to do it this week. I'm not going to do this. What, and what is the point anyway? It's yeah. like, well, right. the point is if you have that creative thing inside of you, it wants to get out. Yeah. And if you don't let it out, that's when you get frustrated and it makes your 40 hours of work unbearable mm -hmm. because like you said, if you come out of that 40 hours and you're, going home and enjoying the rest of your life and having so much fun creating something, creating stories for people like, and like you said, giving people hope that they can also do this. It's, it's su such a huge boon to humanity to have art. Yeah. If you can get that out of your system and out of your head and out of like, your soul, it's just such a big deal. Yeah. Sorry, that's no 100%. I agree. <laughs> and there's times I've gone where you know I haven't, I finally broke out my base, you know, unpacking stuff. And I set up my little amp and everything in my old place that we were living recently. I couldn't bring out my whole setup, but having my stuff out and just having it accessible, um, it kind of like makes me look forward to being like, oh, even if I play for 10, 15 minutes, like I'm gonna yeah. be really happy, you know, like exactly yeah, that's yeah. gonna change you a little bit. And what you're saying about getting frustrated is that if you put it down too long and then you pick it up and then you think you're gonna be as good as you were previously, like, no, like you gotta remember, like you gotta be uh gotta continue doing it as much as you can. Yeah. You're gonna have your off days for sure. And I think people overlook that too much, thinking like, oh, I missed a day. I'm fucked. I, it's all over. You know, yeah. maybe you yeah. might miss a few days, but like, 
as long as you go back and it's on your head, you're, it's on your mind and you're thinking about it, or yep. maybe you're studying it, you know, listening to something about it or trying to learn a technique or something and that yep. still kind of counts, you know, it's kind of like writing. People say you need to write every day, but if you're reading or if you're studying something, you know, having that aspect and keeping craft on your mind, that's going to make you a better writer when you go back into it. Just like musically listening to music and listening to like patterns and, you know, breaking stuff down. When you pick up your instrument again, you're going to be that much better. Yep. Um, so you may not be physically doing it every single day, but like making it part of who you are, that's going to make a huge difference to make it easier. And you'll feel more accomplished that way too. Exactly. I try, to, I try to make sure that I do something every day that's contributing to my brand or my art or whatever, even if it's just stopping for a minute and reorganizing things, like just, just touching on what I'm trying to get done, like with my life every day, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just sometimes it's as simple as keeping a notebook out in your house and like I, you know, you have uh, like two lines of dialogue that your character can use somewhere and it was like, oh, that's really clever. I'd really like that. Or if you have, you know, you take your guitar bass out and you only have the 15 minutes. Yeah, you might not sound great every time, but if you suddenly like it triggers enough to say, wow, this riff would be really fucking cool for this song down the road. It's like, all right. I've gotten something out of this. I've like, you know, like I said, I've gotten something out of my soul that, you know, yeah. came out into the world and that's great. So, and, you know, figuring out what your limits are and surpassing them, like, you know, and it applies to art, it applies to music. And I'm somebody who's really into working out as well. And there's a lot of stuff I do, you know, I've been doing the last year working out, like kind of my, my roommates really into like, um, like Matt Frazier and CrossFit and whatnot. So I've been doing a lot of like overhead snatches and overhead squats and stuff like that. And like when I hit a wall where I'm just like, I, I fail and I like can't get the bar over my head or something, or I just can't like do a squat of some sort. It's just too much. I've hit my limit, but it's just like, okay, I know where I, I can't go. Let me work up to that point now. Like I yep. know what I need to work up towards. And then you exactly. get to that point if you work up towards it. And then you set a new limit for yourself and it just keeps on going and growing, but it takes time and patience because I realized, you know, maybe I, I, it made sense to me working out because like how strong I was a year ago to how strong I am now where I was like, damn, I could do last year. I could barely do like 60 pounds on front squats. And now I'm doing like 200 and something. It's like, it takes time. But once you take a step back and look at it all, it may not feel like it while you're doing it, but there is growth through all exactly. that. Exactly, It's cumulative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so going back to the community stuff you're talking about that's one thing that I think is a great bridge between comics indie comics and the punk and music scene in general is the communities the importance of the community and one thing that's wild to me about indie comics I, I say this all the time to um, some people just to make them realize but like there's a indie comics group online like you know, you, you have your online indie comics group, and those are the people that, like, you see all the time. But then, like, when you get out to a, like, I like to go to Zine Fest and things like that. When you get out to a Zine Fest, you see, like, you know, 80, 150 people that you never see online. And that's just in one place. And, like, when you multiply it out and out. And it's kind of cool to, today talking to you because you've mentioned a lot of people that I don't know. But I feel like I know a lot of people in the indie comics community, and there's like, this still is not crossing over. Like, it's just, it's such a big, amazing community out there. Like, just blows my mind. 
It really is because, you know, the comic book industry makes it seem like it's real small because it makes it seem like all that there is is like, you know, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo at like DC. And then you have like, I don't know, I can't think of anyone at Marvel right now besides Donnie Cates off the top of my head. But and like and Tom King's over at DC, like it feels like there's like 20 people up there in that the big two. And then you go to like the, the indie which is still mainstream, which is right. IDW and Dark Horse and stuff like that. Um, and it still feels like, oh, this is a bit wider, but like it's not too much wider. And then you right. go to like the tr like the true indie, which is probably more like Mad Cave and stuff like that, um, where it seems like everyone's kind of unknown, but there's like a broad spectrum, but it still seems very tightly squeezed. Um, and then like the true indie, uh, which is like lesser known comics, which lesser known comics is probably on that underground level still too, mm. where all of us in the underground, it's such a big community and you don't realize how big the underground movement is, but we're the ones that like, I feel like if you really, really love comics, that's the ones you're chasing after, like the underground books and the creator owned, because it's all of our imaginations coming out and yeah. you know, no, almost no editing in the sense of like, nothing's holding us back to tell the stories we want to tell like a lot I, I even have editors kind of look over my shit at a certain point but um it's it's like having the real true potential of creativity being harnessed in that underground era before it moves up the ladders to become mainstream because underground isn't going to be mainstream there's an underground for a reason because it just doesn't catch that mainstream but those are the real creative outputs that i really love at this point yeah and that's the wonderful thing about having the resources like kickstarter to really get a feel for what's out there. And it, I, I just kind of comb through the new page all the time and just look for that those graphics that grab me and yours obviously grabbed me immediately. And it was just, it, like, if you can hit me in that one picture, which yours did, it, it draws you right in. And it, just to see the amount of fantastic projects that are out there is, like it, we're in the same boat. We we don't tend to follow the Marvels and the DCs as much. And it's like, you know, which we've joked about. It's like, which is why we'll never make a, a penny on this thing, probably. But it doesn't matter because we're so happy to support other creators, both, you know, like up and coming artists and writers and musicians who are just putting it out there for everybody and having a, a just blast doing it. And that's that's the people we want to promote is the people that are just having so much fun and want to support each other and bring each other up. That's the people we want to have on here. And that, that totally makes sense too, because like, and you know, I realized this with Apollo is that like you have a platform and these creators don't have a platform like Instagram. That's kind of not, it's, it's a platform to an extent, you know what I mean? There's still an algorithm you have to battle through and all that right. type of crap, but Instagram is so common. Everyone has one. It's like having a fucking ID, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and but by giving them an extra boost on your platform, giving them like a, an hour on your show, uh, that does so much for them creatively because it gives them encouragement um, and lets you know gives them one more fan. And even if you give them one more fan, that's still one more fan more than they had before. And even like the you know even with Apollo, like we at for a certain point had like 30 people watching our show and i was like i don't really care if it's just 30 people watching our show like that means we have 30 people that are devoted to like checking out what we have to say exactly. yeah. that. and you know any type of boost when you're on this level of creativity and battling through the hundreds among thousands of creators out there any little bit you'll kind of take and just like help encourage you to kind of push on um 
I mean, we all want to write Batman to a certain extent, you know what I mean? But like, are we all going to write Batman? No, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, those big two are big goals. But like, think about how much you might lose if you kind of go towards some of that. It's kind of funny. People ask me now, like, I'll get that that question out. And then like, you know, somebody will say, okay, real quick, if you were going to write Batman, what's your what's your Batman story? I'm like, I don't have one. (laughs) Like I'm, I don't, I don't have a Spider-Man story. I don't, and I, I like oh, the characters. It would end, it end up being Blister turns into Batman right. for some reason. Like so I, come I, on. Write, I write about, <laughs> I write about myself in the nineties. Like it's yeah. Like I, I literally, I don't have superhero comics coming out because I don't have superhero ideas, but. I mean, I, I fucking read Daredevil because Jim Zdarsky yeah. is writing Daredevil um, and he's also writing Batman. So I'm fucking reading that. And I, I love Marvel and I love DC. In fact, most of my bookshelf right here is a lot of my Marvel DC stuff I read. But like, I just don't have ideas for that. You know, yeah. like yeah. It, it's hard to like, I can't think of a Justice League scale story, but I could think about one about like a fucked up punk rock kid um, who does like a lot of drugs and goes on tour and fucking wants to fight cosmic beings in the universe, you know, yeah. so... <laughs> that's like something i could definitely put, put my a taste towards and i mean a, a, like all my series um i mean teenage babylon is a cosmic punk rock love story and it has elements of like lovecraft in it it has like a lot of space futuristic sci-fi elements in it and it has very grounded almost like kind of like love and rockets like relationship you know like chasing amy almost like relationships just like shit going on like drama you know like slice of life stuff and um, my other series, Fake Your Death, was all like Smashing Pumpkins, My Chemical Romance influenced. And so that just gives you the tone of that fucking book. Um, and so like, but none of them are superheroes. They're all about, you know, kids. They're all about punks. They're all about kind of the outcast, people discovering themselves, people discovering that the world doesn't work for them, but art does. And they can't, you know, they're willing to sacrifice whatever the world, you know, has to offer to like, make art you know and that's always been a theme behind my stuff and something i've really learned over life is that i don't i used to work at like apple and you know like i was a manager at like a banana republic for years and i just thought all that corporate shit was such bullshit and it really is and all that chasing all the we all have iphones we all have macs and it's all good equipment we all got to use it to a certain extent we all shop at target whatever you know but uh it's going out and being like no but when it comes down to it like that's just part of how you have to kind of survive in the world. But my whole essence is total. Like this is all about me and my thoughts and my art and my creativity. And I can give a fuck about all that. um, As long as I get to come back and do this, because this is what's important. And too many people fall into that line of the corporate spectrum. I feel in the sense of like, that's going to dominate their lives. And that's, what's going to make you happy when it's like, they just haven't learned that lesson that they don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> so why do you give a fuck so much about all of that and go do what just makes you happy. And if it means creating something on your own, like a company or something, do that, make your dreams happen and stop making other people's dreams happen in that sense. Um, in that sense, in another sense, I'm making people's dreams happen because I'm publishing them and fucking, creating them you know what I mean? There's like a difference in that aspect. I wanted to find that part. You're not the man. Don't worry. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brandon, it was great having you on, man. That yes, hour goes so by much. really fast. I can't believe it's already been an hour. Thanks for letting me babble. 
and I've, I'm so exhausted from this move this week. I hope it was okay. No, but, yeah, uh, it, it was I, a pleasure listening to you babble. Don't worry. It was <laughs> yeah. everything we want to hear about. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, Teenage Babylon will be coming out later on this year. I'd love to give you guys like a preview uh, copy of the store. Oh, we would love to see you back on for it. We're trying to like make, uh, I'll do some quick info real fast. We're trying to like actually make a compilation album for the anthology soon because a lot of us are in bands or make music so you can expect music coming from this anthology pretty soon we do have that spotlight spotify playlist going on there's still a week left of this kickstarter so everyone can still pledge um and i don't know we we have a lot of stuff planned and it's very along your guys's alley which i'm so glad you guys found us because you guys are right up my alley so i, I can't wait to listen to more of your show and i just can't thank you enough for reaching out that's always great to make a new friend Yes. Welcome aboard. <laughs> and uh, John, it was always great. Oh, yes. Always good hanging out. <laughs> and uh, everybody, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you uh, next week. We have the band um, Exum. Oh, Avum. Uh, they oh, do screwing up, buddy. They do uh, songs about uh, about birds. Or from the perspective of birds, or um, it's just it's some good punk rock stuff. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> so, oh, you know what? If I could recommend one punk band real fast, yeah, I discovered Pink Shift. I don't know if you guys have heard of Pink Shift. Love Pink Shift. Pink Shift Pink Shift. Dope. Yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. Uh, my one recommendation before we sign off on that. Awesome. Well, thanks again, and um, peace. <laughs>